right. Good morning, everyone. It's Brad Spillane here with the Men's Mental Health Show, and we've got uh, Blue Phillips back with us this week, and we'll get on to that in just a moment, as well as Bodie. Uh, just a couple of announcements. Big thanks to, uh, to Mounties Group, Dale Hunt, for ongoing support um, that's uh, been shown throughout the, the past two or three years. It's much appreciated. Got an announcement. I met a lady at, uh, at a, a, a luncheon the other day, um, uh, her name's uh, Pamela, and she's uh, in charge or is uh, behind a group which is called the Rotary, Blacktown uh, City Rotary Group, um, and they've got a uh, winter solstice, and it's all about bringing the light back into the longest night of the year, I guess, and talking about suicide prevention and um, promote uh, mental health awareness. Of course, that's going to be on the 21st of June at Blacktown Showground, 4.30pm, and uh, we thank Pam and uh, Rotary Club of Blacktown City for that. And there'll be a lot more on that. In fact, we're going to have Pam come on and join us. Uh, Pam Carnes, her name. She's going to come on and join us uh, the week before this particular event. And um, I've got Bodie here. I might ask him. We might be asked to go down there to, to do a bit of a talk. I'm not sure at this stage. But uh, it was nice to be, um, to be asked to, to do that. So wonderful stuff. Bodie, how are you, mate? How's, uh, how's your week been? Oh, gosh. Um, <coughs> Well, playing with, with Blue on Sunday, a bit of badminton. He's, no, I was back. You know, I was he, back. He's back on the net. Um, it's always a pleasure. Um, we had two uh, two people from uh, Iran, uh, Zara and um, Reza, and um, uh, you know, sh- uh, two new players who got some skill and um, willing to learn and and, uh, and join our mob. So. Uh, uh, welcome to them, and um, mm. she was absolutely gorgeous, a pocket rocket, really, the way she was playing. Uh, it adds to our mix, doesn't it? It that, sure adds to our mix, and I love that diversity, Blue. You know, yeah, that, yeah, me that, too. That that, uh, that kind of well, it just opens me up um, to mm. uh, other other reality and experience, and uh, I find myself getting, wow. She said I'm from Persia, and I, and I sort of went, wow. wow. Babylon, you know that that, yeah. that place of uh, in our mystical times of the deep of Babylon. Babylon. Oh wow! Where we sat down. <laughs> yeah, doesn't take much. Sort of that doesn't take much to, to get the old uh, grey matter sort of yeah. firing mm. in its own particular way. But yeah. Persia mm. was always redolent for me of riches and learning and knowledge, and um, and now it's the modern day Iran, of course. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, funny how. We get impacted by um, other people's viewpoint of the Iranians and sort of suddenly start to think about them in sort of negative ways yeah. rather than in affirmative ways. Oh, they're wonderful. I've got a, an Iranian friend. She's just come out here from from obviously Iran, and and mm. you know I actually met her when I put her into help get her a job, and and Craig and I have been uh, keeping in touch, and she's just such a lovely, generous, yeah, yeah. kind warm person you know yeah. you have to admire people like that making a break oh, yeah. like that you know they, they live at Mount Vic and I was chatting about various things and she's uh, got into rock climbing since she's been here so the wow. week after next I'm taking them both out canyoning are you really so you know they'll see another part of the Blue Mountains that they didn't know was there and <laughs> the other thing I've found um, uh, Bodie's lived up here in the Blue Mountains longer than me we've only lived up here since 2002 but been coming up you know 10 or 15 years before that but I can tell you, and Bodie will probably attest to this as well, that since um, 2002, since we lived here, you know, you have a chance to check a place out more than when you're just coming up for weekends and long weekends and Easter's and that to visit family. Could, uh, the Blue Mountains is not anywhere near as waspy as it used to be. You know what I mean? Oh, with the blue, with the it's a much wasps. more, yeah, yeah, <laughs> white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. We're a much more diverse community. Um, 
you know, with that. And, you know, we see that, we see that through Batty as like a white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I thought you were talking about bloody European wasps. <laughs> really, really good and to Barara. see. Yeah. <laughs> like wasp hands you're talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. Okay, okay, I got you now. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, white Anglo-Saxon <laughs> Protestants. As you... Wolf teams, wolf teams, wolf teams. When I was in the regular army, that was our that was our term for the army reserve. Wasted (laughs) freaking time (laughs) and money. money. Wolf teams, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's plenty plenty of them in my line of work at the moment. No, I bet. I bet. It's very tough, but. Jeez, oh, I tell you, great me up, Louis. It's good to have you back, mate. Tell yeah, it's good to be back. Because you've been in, in, Sri, in Sri Lanka. We went to Sri Lanka for two weeks. That was absolutely superb. I'd recommend I anyone, anyone who yeah. hasn't been, get over there. They're just the most amazing people, you oh, know, because yeah. we, we were a bit surprised that the trip went ahead, you know, because, they, you know, fuel's still rationed and, you know, the power's still rationed. But they're very smart people, you know, and they know that they've been done over by the government. And unfortunately, you know, I, I, I've got a theory that you can look at around the world. Any country that puts the word democratic in its title never is. Yeah. And they call themselves the Socialist Democratic you know, Republic of Sri Lanka. And of course, yes. they're not democratic yeah. at all. Yeah. Because the mob that's in power now, who've just bled the country blind, and yeah. they just had, you know, um, they had, you know, got rid of Peter and now Paul's in there, but there's still stuff in their pockets. And the, the people know that it's not Western tourists and we're not taking no. stuff away no, from that's them. that's right. Yeah. They're just pointing the figure at the government. And um, what's, what's gone on is that the Prime Minister has done a Scotty Morrison yeah. and he's made himself responsible for a whole bunch of portfolios, including finance and treasury. <laughs> so what he's done, he's, he's put back the dates for the election two or three times and he's not allowing Treasury to pass the funds from yeah. finance to fund the election yeah. because he knows that not only is he going to get done like massively, mm. but he's also going to have proceedings against him, a la Trump, and he'll probably go to jail or have to flee well, the country. And he yeah. knows that. Mm. So, you know, I was thinking, and you know, not for the first time, you know, everybody woke up on Saturday morning pretty much, unless you lived under a rock somewhere, mm. you knew that the government was about to change. No gunfire, no petrol bombs, no screaming in the streets. People just went up and voted. The government changed. Mm. And, you know, um, I remember remember someone from the Middle East um, on a a program on the ABC saying that people are dying for the right to have what you people are bored and complacent about, you know, and we can never be complacent about the fact, you know, you only got to look at the United States, which is crumbling before our very eyes, you know. Mm. Trump's people still think that election was "quote unquote" stolen. Oh, keep saying it. That's you why. could you could you could show any amount of evidence to the contrary, and that's all fake news, you know. Um, but you know, our government changed hands, you know. And I was really impressed that uh, you know Chris Minns and um, you know uh, Dominic Perrottet. Don Perrottet was so civil and nice yeah, to each other. They were so gracious towards yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, you yeah, know? They were, and, they and were. throughout that election, they were, they are. I think they're quite good friends. And yeah, yeah. you know I, what I loved about with Chris Minns was, you know, he upset his 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 son, his youngest, mm. I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and so his son didn't want to talk to his dad, so he he walked around the house with a Dominic Perrottet shirt on. Mm. You know, I mean, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, but I yeah, think they came across good. as very relative, very human, very likable. Yeah, very much uh, so. Both of them, and both of them are very you know, strong family men. Yeah, they are, they are. Uh, yeah. Religious. Um, and, uh, but, and, and, you know, not to say there's nothing against religion. I think there's a lot of good things mm. that come out of religion. I know some of the churches, you mentioned someone that was a prime minister a moment ago, churches have a lot. But these are, these are really good values. Both of these men have tried to 
put across and, yeah, and you're right, right though and they show that and you know that because I tell you if there was anything in Chris Min's past that could have been brought up in a deleterious manner the dirt unit would have found it well there know? wasn't any dirt on and either there, there wasn't any dirt yeah. but the only thing and it was interesting that it came from within um, Perrottet's own party that somebody dug up that yeah. photo with him at a you know, like mm-hmm. a year 12 or university oh, or college thing yeah. in a Nazi uniform. How far back have you got to go? You know, and... <laughs> yeah. um, That's why Chris I can't Min's become a politician. Chris well, Min's... Well, me too. I can't become a politician. There's so much dirt in me, I'd end up looking like a cop. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you only but have to go back two weeks with me. <laughs> Chris Min's was asked about that, and that was about four months ago. Yeah. And he said, look, I'm not touching that. He no. said, oh, you don't want to know what I did as a teenager? Just leave it alone. He wouldn't touch it. And, you know, the issue virtually died overnight. Because yeah. Chris Minns didn't pick it up and run with it. Uh, right. He just said, no, fair yeah, bump, fair it. bump, fair bump, play on. And, you know, yeah. to bring it back to mental health issues, men's mental <coughs> health issues, when you have a look at the number of state and federal politicians who have been through the mill and been, you know, virtually been done over by the political system, there's an awful lot of mental health casualties among um, politicians at both state and federal level. And I remember when a bloke... Um, put his hand up, he was a Tasmanian uh, politician, he was ridiculed by the then um, coalition treasurer, you know, for you know going home and hiding with mum. Mm. And I just thought, you know, there but for the grace of God go you, mate. You don't mm. know what's around the corner for you. Yeah. You know, there might be just mm. one trigger and, Oof. you know, you're going to pull the pin. You know, you only got to look at, you know, um, Barry O'Fell, uh, John Brugden, uh, mm. the number of people who have just said, I've had enough, I can't take anymore, and they take... You've got AFL footballers, you know, champions like mm. Buddy Franklin. Mm. And, um, you know, 30 years ago, they just would have been taken outside by the coach mm. and says, mate, are you a bloody footballer or what? Harden up and get back out there. Yeah. Whereas yeah. now a footballer is given space, as is a politician. Yeah. And, you know, society accepts that. And, yeah. and I think anyone who's brave enough to say, look, you know, this is, plague, this is haven't taken a toll on me. Mm. I'm taking some time out. I may or not come back. You know, and nowadays people say, well, let me know if you need any help, mate. We're with yeah. you all the way. And they often do come back, you yeah. know. So I think commendably the way Minns and uh, Perrottet treated each other, that augurs well for the future. Yeah, yeah, a real gentleman's election. I, I actually, I was mm. quite, uh, you know, astonished really that, that uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of dirt on each other. I, I, actually, I've got a, one of the, uh, the uh, uh, News Corp uh, mm-hmm. commercial stations was actually playing a lot of, Labor ads. I was, I was quite impressed by that. Um, right. You know, in fact, I, if I had to guess, I reckon they were playing more Labor ads because I listened to it a couple of times on the, in the morning going into work. But hmm. you know, it um, yeah, it was it was good good to see that good result. Um, of course, you know our our favourite up here, Susie Van Opdorp, she's still in, and you know, very strong Labor area up here. I think it's oh, yeah. probably the most yeah. dominated Labor seat in all of New South Wales. If I could be wrong, around 78% or something. I think the booths at Katoomba High School has ever returned anything but really strongly positive. Yeah, uh, for Labor. Yeah. Labor, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah Possibly, yeah. So, so it'll be interesting to see what, uh, what's what been brought to the table. But mm. um, I wanted to... I know we've, we've had a, a brief discussion mm. uh, just mm. over text coming on to the, to the show and I often get Bodie... Well, I don't get Bodie. I mean, Bodie brings a poem to us, but... I've actually written something down that I, I heard uh, this morning, and, I, and I'm, it really sat with me. And it, it because it, uh, it's, it, I, I can understand this. 
um, and, and uh, I'll, I'll just read it to you. Mm. Depression. It starts out from ignorance of doubt and worry. Doubt and worry is on the negative side of life. Understanding is on the positive side of life. Doubt and worry are a psychic disease. It's an intellectual exercise. They're using their intellectual factors to build a negative idea, and that's all they see. They take and internalize, and they get enough emotional, and they get emotionally involved with it. It goes from doubt and worry to fear. They have emotionalized the doubt and worry, and it turns into fear. The fear is the emotional mind, and the emotion must be expressed through the only instrument it can be express, expressed through, and that is the physical body itself. So it moves the body into a state of what we call anxiety. Anxiety is never expressed. Anxiety is only suppressed. The suppression turns into depression. The depression turns into disease. That disease turns into decay. What is the opposite of all that? You go from understanding to an emotional state, and that is called faith. The faith manifests on a physical plane, not as, in, as anxiety, but as well-being. The well-being is not suppressed, it is expressed. And the expression turns into acceleration and you start to build energy because there's no disease, you are at ease, and that turns into creation, not disintegration. Wow, how about that? There's a lot of words in there, I beg your pardon. I probably could have read uh, that a little bit who, better. Who wrote that? I don't know. I tried to look for it. Yeah, I haven't yeah. actually punched it into the internet yeah, yeah, yeah. yet to see. Because you only saw it this morning. Wow. Yeah, but I saw it this morning on something that someone had said to me on my feed through Facebook. Um, I get a lot of people that send me quotes of stuff. And this gentleman, I think he was a, a psychotherapist, um, an American chap. Um, he looked like he was probably in his late 70s. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just I, I played this and I went, wow. Wow. There you go. What about that? I mean, just so powerful. Mm. And because I, I, I guess I read a book called Buddha's Brain, which is written by neuroscientists, and they talk immensely or very heavily about uh, trying to rewire the brain into positive thoughts because it's it's naturally remembers from the moment you remember as a young child negative thoughts, danger, that's hot, don't do that, that's wrong, um, and it's. And it's very difficult for us to rewire those things into a positive thought. So, and then I heard this, and I thought, well, that just makes so much sense. Mm, there you it really go. Does, you know, well, it's good that you only, uh, you know, like come across that this morning. You say I did. I brought yeah. that up because when when you sent that message out to Bodie and I about what we can talk about, you know, it's really interesting. I'm a bit like a diseased ostrich. I pick up anything but worthwhile knowledge. I notice things, you know. Yeah. So I was walking down Katoomba Street the other day, and one of the churches at the top of Katoomba Street on the eastern side has got one of those little chalkboards and they're often corny, you know. But um, one of them is just a really short, sharp message that says, stay curious. Mm. Stay curious. And I love that yeah. because, you know, um, everything. Einstein says, I don't consider myself particularly intelligent, but I'm eternally curious, yeah. you know. And mm. I think, um, you know, if if you're a reader and you, you know, you... You want to learn things. My missus hates going into museums and stuff with me because I read everything. Oh, 
if there's something to be read. You know, like just this morning through Amazon, free delivery, like the trombone in that great ad. Um, We've got to get more trombones. We've got to get more trombones. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We should all get trombones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Delivery free, free delivery. (laughs) Anyway, uh, as soon as I uh, come back from uh, Sri Lanka, because we had an excellent guide, and he was talking about, um, you know, uh, the, uh, the Sri Lankan Civil War, you know, it went for 30 years and 66,000 people died. And, you know, you talk about, the, you know, the Buddhists and the Hindus, you know, like with the, you know, the Tamil North, the Tamil yeah, Tigers. Because yeah, yeah. um, we went past this massive memorial with like 66,000 names on it. That's a lot of people for a country that size, you know. Mm-hmm. Basically Australia's population, 24 million on. And um, there's this huge, you know, military, you know, grave site in, uh, in the outskirts of Colombo. And I said to our guide, I said, mate, um, so that's 66,000 here, of obviously in the south, with the, you know, the Hindu um, Sinhalese people, you know, who speak Sinhalese language and almost to a person are Buddhist in the south. I said, uh, where are the northerners? Where, is, is there equivalent one in Jaffna for the, um, you know, for the Hindu, for the victims of the north, those you are fighting against? He said, no, 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 they're all in here with us. Oh, that's not Isn't that A, so interesting, and B, yeah. doesn't it show the ultimate futility of war yeah. where, Absolutely. you know, they're like all the buried together. We played soccer with or cricket with. They're you know, all buried yeah. together on in in the same patch of ground wow. in Colombo. And yeah. our guide just says, if you can find me one person in Sri Lanka or anywhere else in the world that can tell me for those 66,000 lives lost how either side has been enhanced or their lives have been bettered or there's a solution mm. found. Uh, it was all, you know, politically engendered as a, um, you know, because, um, you know, the Buddhist mindset is very forgiving and very mm. accepting, you know, and and like the uh, the Sinhalese Buddhists have this great vision that, um, you know, their, their preaching is, look, this is our message. You can choose to follow it, but if you don't, that's cool. We're all going to get to the same place in the end. Um, you take the high road, I'll take the low road, I'll see you at the end point anyway. You can choose to take my path, but if you don't, which is such a forgiving, Mm. embracing, accepting view of the world. And, you know, the Hindu um, followers of, you know, the Tamils in the north. So anyway, 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 based on that, virtually as soon as we got back, I thought, I don't know enough about that, you know, uh, Sinhalese Tamil war. So I I just ordered, and they came this morning, free delivery from Amazon, like the trombone. These two books arrived on the um, the two best books I could find on the uh, Tamil uh, conflict, and even further to that, to make it more esoteric, because you know I'm a lifelong learner. One of them is written by a woman who was involved in a conflict from the northern side, and it's called Tamil Tigress. Oh, so you know I can't wait to get into that, and and then you know um, I will just know that much more about that 30-year conflict. Yeah. You know, affecting when, that when country. When did that conflict end? Just, just quite. Oh, just. Um, only yeah, like ten years ago or something. Five like, or eight yeah, years yeah, yeah. Just you know, it, it when they, I think about two thousand and nine, when they knocked off the, you know, the final, um, uh, you know, tumble, yeah. you know. Uh, it says uh, a lot for building bridges, doesn't it? Resistance you know? leader, yeah. It and I'll tell lot. you the other thing that I found that was real. This will sit you back, mate. Um, I'm I'm reading a lot of books about Aboriginal history at the moment mm. and one I'd recommend to everyone written by uh, Jennifer Flood called The Original Australians mm. and uh, that led me on to an excellent book written um, about a uh, Vietnam vet um, and it's called The Passion of Private White. Now, Private Neville Wright White got uh, conscripted into the army and fought in Vietnam and it's having all sorts of psychological 
uh, problem. So he's lived amongst the Yolngu people in Arnhem Land basically for the last 35 or so years. But it's reinforced in The Passion of Private White, written by Don Watson, you know, Keating's famous speechwriter, and uh, 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 extrapolated fully by uh, Jennifer Flood in the Aboriginal Australians. Um, The Aboriginal Australians... um, have been shown by DNA and genetics testing. They come from two streams. We've got a very... The Aboriginals are very, very closely related in one sort of pockets of Australia to the New Guinea Highlanders, which makes sense because they could have easily... You know, from parts of the New Guinea Islands, you can see Australia and they would have floated down in rafts, no problem at all. Mm. The other group came across from the islands of uh, Timor thousands and thousands of years ago when it was only about a five-mile gap now it's about a 150-kilometre gap, right. but then yeah. they could have seen it and made up these rafts and come over. Um, they are what they call the Dravids from southern India and, uh, and the north of Sri Lanka. Wow. So isn't How that interesting? That? So There's a very, very close the link there, they yeah. can prove through DNA and genetic wow. testing mm. that the Australian Aboriginals come from two sources, mm. the New Guinea Highlands, mm. you know, in the big migration yeah. out of Africa. It's kind of like in Hawaii, you've got yeah, the Maori, yeah, yeah. Well, That's the Hawaiians, Maori, the native the Hawaiians, Pacific the Maori Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, and, yeah, the other group of the, you know, the smaller, lighter-built um, Aborigines um, are what they call Dravids from India and Sri Lanka. Right. So, you know, just totally fascinating. And it just, just goes to show you, you know, great when you sit back and history. you think that you know a lot about the world and yeah. you learn stuff like that, you realise just how much you don't know yeah. and how, like it says with that church outside in Katoomba Street, yeah. you know, yeah. stay curious, keep your mind open to learning, you know, like just just one single thing, you know, like I remember when I was doing political science at Melbourne Uni, you know, we had this great Israeli lecturer that says, you know, don't take anything for granted, nothing falls out of the sky, you know, question why you think you know something, yeah. you know, and um, like I'd always um, believe because I read one source that said that the Australian dingo found its way here through the island chain from the Philippines. And it's interesting, you know, because I saw this Japanese woman walking around Lurline Street one time in what was, no question about it, 100% thoroughbred yeah. Australian dingo. Yeah. And I went up to her and I said, oh, look, you've got the most beautiful thoroughbred dingo there. She said, no, 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 this is a Japanese dog. It's, uh, it's like a Japanese breed, but it was a dingo, mate. And I thought, well, okay, that that reinforces the, you know, Japan, Philippines, you know, down through the island route to Australia. But in fact, our dingoes come from Indonesia. And so, you know, there you've got to take one, you know, fact in inverted commas and say, well, okay, you know, I used to believe that the dingoes came down through the Philippines. And when I saw that Japanese, you know, dingo by another name, I thought, well, there it is. That's, that's that one locked in. Yeah. But I've now read from three different sources that our dingoes, you can prove it, that they come down through Indonesia. So I've got to replace fact A <laughs> and replace it with fact B. And, you know... For a bloke that's going to be 74 in August, to be changing your mind like that yeah. and to be reacting to things that are presented with you and accepting that as a new reality, yeah. I think that's really important because it just makes me more and more curious to think, well, what else do I believe that yeah, maybe exactly. should be challengeable? You know, yeah, And you just got to yeah. stay flexible and you know no i just keep keep learning keep learning listening to your talk though i just live by the fact that you're always learning you're always you're always asking questions you're all you're always being an eight-year-old you know why why it's Mm. so important isn't it though it's so important and i'm i I don't know some of you readers listeners might have 
seen that article in the Saturday, um, the Saturday paper, and it was about a sculptor um, and a furniture maker in his 80s, Italian. Um, and he said, um, he said, when I was in school, the master went to grab his cane to give me a hiding, right. and I grabbed it off him and beat him back. And <laughs> the result of that action on my part was to be sent to uh, all-girls school. And he said, that, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. I would have loved that. Because what... And, and this is the, uh, the, see, the... What happened is that I realised that women's elasticity of mind mm-hmm. opened me up and I became wow. uh, feminised by that elasticity wow. and I walked away from men's rage and eternal fascination with go. war. What a, a, an eternal what, fascination wow. of war. Of yeah, war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I walked away from men's eternal fascination with war and their rage, and I became feminine. It just adds to the fact of yeah, know, yeah, yeah. how important Mate, how in women that's, are, you know. In that school, I would have repeated year 11, 12 no. times. <laughs> Mate, it was a bit like I said the other day. I said, you know, I, got, I picked, I picked uh, home economics as, as a subject. I said this last week. I picked home economics as a subject in year eight, and my mates were saying, what are you doing that for? That's gay, you know? Like, <laughs> and I said, yeah, you're down playing footy, tacking and boys and then getting naked in the showers while I'm the only bloke cooking food in the class. I, I think I know I'll stay here, I think. You know? Yeah, and by yeah, the way, I've, you, got, yeah. I've got more phone numbers than you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly uh, that's right. great. Mm. I still didn't get to go to any of the slumber parties, though, but, um, you know. Yeah, sure. So, so tell me, boy, this is, uh, you know, interesting stuff. We were talking about uh, just uh, just a moment ago what we'd like to sort of discuss, and, and you sort of, uh, Bodhi, you said embodied cog- cognition and, and meta-self-reflection. You've got a poem for us, which is wonderful. Um, and, Blue, I noticed that you've written down, which is what we've spoken about so far, is curiosity, lifetime of learnings, um, and not getting set in one's way. What, are you, what are we well, mean? I think metacognition reads to that, knowing what you know or do not know. And that implies a curiosity. It's just what uh, Blue has been saying. Yeah. Um, okay. uh, yes. you know, yeah, so it reads yeah. perfectly to, uh, okay. uh, to our, our respective themes. Sure. Um, and um, I, I, metacognition sort of argues that if we have no understanding of our thinking style... Um, or our or have no capacity for reflective thinking, right? Like, I wonder what else um, I I should review in terms of my beliefs. That's reflective practice. Yeah. Um, then you're forever locked into a one-dimensional view yes. of existence. Yeah, yeah a blinkered yeah, a blinkered understanding. Yeah. Now, one of the pleasures of aging is not to have a litany of um, declining physical power, but to actually increase one's curiosity. Um, and to actually be open to this world in ways that you, you as a 30-year-old would never have even thought of because you were so um, committed to showing up and making a mark of yourself in the world. Mm. But one of the things of ages, ageing and ageing well is to step into um, a, a, a joyful encounter with this world um, through opening yourself up to the multiple experiences that are possible. And that is a wisdom journey. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and blue. I mean, you know, know, I just keep listening to you. Not being the loudest bloke in the room. You know. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Like this. this. Yeah. There's a movie I watched on the way over to um, 
to uh, Sri Lanka right. that I'd heard different reviews about called uh, The Banshees of Inshirat. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And Bodhi what, spoke of it, yeah. What's, what's that movie? And the part that was interesting there was that a, a bloke, his mate turned away from him mm. because he was so bloody boring and insular mm. and, and, he, and he was just dumbfounded that this mate had ditched him and this bloke was starting to get some sense that he's not going to be around forever yeah. and he's on this island off island, you know, they can see... And uh, and in they they can hear the civil war being you know played out in Ireland across the way you know, and um, this bloke says, "Well, give me an example." You know, and he says, "Well, mate, last week at the pub you spoke for an hour and a half about what was inside the shit of your donkey." I don't want to grow old learning about what your donkey shits. You know, so you see you see some marriages, you know, and some blokes are a bit slow. You know, there's been relationships that I've looked at, and you think. They've only got a week or so left. Yeah. Sure enough, they break up. Mm. And in a, in a lot of cases, and I'm sure, you know, Bodhi's dealt with a lot of men who just come to him and say, oh, I had no idea because they can't see what's happening because they're sort yeah. of locked in their ways and locked in this mindset and the wise and everybody yeah. else can see it. And, you know, mm. blokes are often surprised when things go wrong and they said, oh, I had no idea, you know, because they weren't picking up signals, they weren't reading the signs, they were just locked in this little mindset, maybe getting boring, maybe getting, yeah. you know, I live to watch my team play on the weekend, that mm. sort of thing, you know. Because I remember years and years ago, it struck me where this bloke was on TV and his marriage broke up and he was just totally devastated and totally surprised. And you know what he said? He said, I don't know what else she wants. I mow the lawn every weekend. Well. <laughs> And everybody's and 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 you occasionally you know or you, no 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 I mow the lawn every weekend. What more does that woman want? <laughs> and you could hear like you know probably sixteen million Australian women screaming at the TV. I yeah. want more than that. I want someone. I want a companion. I want a mate. I want someone to to share ideas with and you know grow old together. And you could just imagine when a bloke says that, you know, because um this. Uh, Female sergeant used to work for me at the ADF helicopter school in uh, Fairburn and she was in a fishing club and one of the blokes who was in that club and held a committee role in that club held that from the front gutter of his house, like right out the front of the house, from the front gutter back mm. was housework. Mm. And we joke about this stuff but he actually bought her a mower for one of her birthdays and thought he was the hero because he sat down with her with the instruction book and ran through right. actions on when it starts to miss and backfire how to change the spark plug you know right. and when their marriage went you know a over t yeah. he was he just, just as he totally just surprised as yeah. and everybody else in the fishing club including his fishing club mates have thought yeah. you know mate we've been trying to tell you for 20 years you yeah. know like you know you were lucky it lasted as long as it did but we all, I mean, let's, probably not that restricted, but we all get like that in relationships, don't we? We get to what we call our comfort zone or what we think is, and, we're, and then we just cruise along, you know? She might make the dinner, I might mow the lawns, I might do the dishes. Yeah. What, you know what it's I mean? Mm. But there's, was, it's, mm. And we think sometimes as blokes mm. that yeah. that's, that's everything that yeah. our partner needs from us, and, you know? I'm helping out around the place now. Looking at life in a, in a, in a, in a compartmentalised manner that suits you. Yeah. One of the most famous yeah. examples, I, and my good bushwalking mate in Melbourne, my ex-army mate, we often joke about this. Um, 
this bloke, oh, I'm allowed to say his name because he's admitted it on air himself, the famous Geelong footballer, and then he used to run a fishing show for um, uh, on, on TV, Rex Hunt. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he was a famous Geelong <laughs> AFL player. Well, it came out um, by self-admission that for 20 or 22 years of his marriage, an extraordinarily long time, yeah. while they were raising kids and paying off mortgages and he was playing footy and doing stuff and, and in his, you know, media commentary and fishing show sure. life, um, that um, he was paying a prostitute for sex every week for something like 22 years. And yeah. he, was, he was interviewed... Uh, on on TV about this, and and, he, and and my mate and I take this off. He'd say, "Well, um, I don't know what the fuss is, you know." Like um, talking about, you know, the girl that he was paying for sex for twenty years or so. He said, uh, "You know, I'm happy. She's happy. It was a commercial transaction. I don't see what the fuss is about." And 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 the female interviewer, with a grin on her face, famously said, "Well, what about your wife? What about Mrs. Hunt?" We said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! That's a totally different matter. That one." <laughs> Let's not and touch on that one. Sense. And that's the key issue, isn't it? But he says, oh, you know, that, that's entirely different. You know, we don't want to discuss I that. that. I'm happy. Yeah. She's happy. Yeah. She got paid. <laughs> oh, dear. Classic. Oh, dear. Yeah, no, no that's, not, that's not good at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I bet you've come across that a couple of times and, well, and thought, you know. You know, it's really interesting. Um, we are... Um, prone to repetitions and we are prone to sitting in old habit um, and we are prone to actually being absorbed by um, old knowledge um, and uh, that is um, what they call entropy um, in the life cycle. Entropy means a slow withering, um, a slow falling into a, a, um, a non-living non sort of kind of phase of reality. Um, and sometimes things happen in people's lives that lead to a, oh, my God, um, where have I been for the last 20 years? Um, I seem to have fallen into some um, deep sleep, and this event has blown my world apart, if you like. Um, And for men, um, when the wife leaves and says, I'm done, um, that is the shock that um, if, they, if they've got any, if a man's valuable, he'll start to make use of that event and start to start his learning journey again. And then you have suddenly uh, what they call syntropy, which is a new flowering, uh, an emergent yeah. Yeah. into um, all the faculties of the mind and the heart and the body. Yeah. Everything sort of comes together. Hmm. And it's what we call embodied cognition, yeah. um, which really is me saying that. Thought doesn't occur in a vacuum. Thought is not an abstract representation of the world. Thought is located in the body and all the aspects of the body functions in the heart, in the gut, um, um, in in the soul, um, in the soles of your feet. What's really interesting here is um, walking. Now, the very simple, um, uh, it's ancient knowledge that if you've got a problem, walk on it. If, yeah. you, if you've got a mood, walk on it. Yeah. Who, who would have thought? Yeah. Now, the slow trudge of feet yeah. allows space between thoughts arising and gradually, as the, because it's slow yeah. and because yeah. you're keeping the movement, left-right hemisphere of the brain linked to the left and right foot as it moves forward. Yeah. It makes a rhythm. And it yeah. makes a rhythm. And in that rhythm, um, the brain waves start to actually sort of slow down mm. and... Um, 
creates a space for new considerations of an old problem. Ah, That's exactly yeah. the point of it. Yeah. yeah. Creating yeah, space yeah. for a new thought to arise. Yeah. That may well be the thought that opens up an old problem and reveals a possible solution. Mm, yeah. Mm. yeah? You can that, get that's it, incredible. You can get it through running as well. You know, yeah, I remember absolutely. many many a time at work, you know, I'd be stumped by something and then, you know, I'd go for a quick ten K trot at lunchtime, come back without even, you know, sitting back in my running gear, straight on the computer, there's yeah. the solution. And, you know, you've thought about it on the run. The example I really love too is um uh, you know, Abba wrote some great songs and and uh, they, they talked about how they weren't going to do the rock star thing and shoot up and get on the turps and get into all sorts of trouble with sex and drugs and rock and roll. So uh, like Mark Seymour of Hunters and Collectors, one of the, you know, the lead songwriters of ABBA used to go for long runs through darkened streets when they'd finished you know, big yeah, yeah. gigs for hundreds of yeah. thousands of people so it wouldn't get to his head, he'd go for a run. And he came back and he went to the piano and he just had this uh, rhythm through footfall and... Wow. When you hear the song now, you can actually hear it, and it says, "If you change your mind, yeah. I'm the first in line. Take All the chance, rest are free. If you chance on me, take a chance, take a chance, take a chance." And that was his footfall. Wow, Isn't that Isn't that great. Yeah, Just yeah, from yeah, listening yeah. to his own footfall, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, instead of being on the on the turps and you know doing a Jimmy Barnes and three vod three bottles of vodka yeah. before you get on stage and one after, and you know. All that sort of stuff. They they talked about it and deliberately didn't do that stuff and running took him away from that. But I just love that someone like that who's world famous, internationally famous, can be like you say, Barry, so much in their own headspace and, you know, listening to their own footfall that they devise a rhythm from that. And, you know, and in a lot of countries, um, the fall of the feet is the percussion in their native music. Wow. Hmm. How about I mean, that? Isn't that great? Isn't that I, great? I, I mean, it's great. I mean, Darwin famously had three walks, um, and each walk uh, was designed for different types of problems. So mm. a very complex walk um, for a, a deep problem um, was a long walk, and it was up and down, and the terrain was not flat, um, so he had to be careful of where he placed his feet. Um, but walking, with, uh, all the great thinkers have used mm. walking as a yeah. means to uh, deliberate on their own th- own consideration of, of, mm. a, of a problem that, you know, problem-solving sort of kind of strategy. Well, you look at the, uh, you know, Christian and Buddhist and Hindu um, pilgrimages, mm. like, exactly. you know, the Camino exactly. and all, all that sort of stuff, exactly. you know, like history is replete with, uh, you know, meditation through long, long journeys. Or even, uh, it must be true because Forrest Gump did it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, boys, just on that break, I've got the 1140 alarms going on. He's, he doesn't stop, does he? Um, it's a men's mental health show. You're here. Uh, we're here with um, myself, Brad Spillane, and psychotherapist uh, Bodie Marsden, who's, of course, with us every week. Um, and uh, Bodie can be contacted on 0424 416 0424 416 He's available for Skype or. What's that other one we used to call? We Zoom or face-to-face? Zoom, Zoom or face-to-face sessions. Give them a call. Oh, you, don't, you don't do face-to-face. Yeah, meet me in the flesh. <laughs> and, of course, our guest today is his returned serviceman and just a character, all-around character. As he is every bloody week he comes on. He's Blue Phillips. We'll just go for a quick, uh, a quick ad and uh, we'll be back in just a moment. And don't forget the winter solstice, which is on at 4.30pm, 21st of June, Blacktown Showground. Uh, that's being uh, held by Rotary Club of Blacktown City, uh, 21st of June, 
Blacktown Showground, 4.30pm. Put that in your dairies or your diaries, however you want to say it or spell it or pronounce it. Um, it's the Men's Mental Health Show. Brad Spillane here and, of course, joined every week uh, with uh, local psychotherapist uh, Bodie Marsden and our guest this week is uh, Blue Phillips. And we're, we're having a, a really good discussion this morning, boys. I'm, I'm enjoying this. It's, uh, um, you know, every... It's just, it's filling the toolkit, I find, whenever I have you two guys on. It's, it's together, anyway, or whenever Blue comes on, it's, these are some really, really good things to, to add for our toolkit. And yeah, I think mm. if we place value on our mental health, mm. um, um, we have to have uh, good people around us um, that inspire and, uh, and can um, uh, tenderly correct our um, false assumptions, if you like, to assist us to, to go deeper um, into our considerations. Um, and we also need to self-value our bodies um, um, in terms of this, uh, the spiritual needs, the, um, uh, the food needs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, so, there's so, so much addiction around that uh, attacks our bodies. And um, if, we, if we have not developed an observer function in our own minds mm. where we can watch um, mm. um, our, ga- our games that, the, um, that parts of us want to play. Mm. Um, and then we, and then, and so if we can't, don't have a watcher, we're prey to our instinct, instinctive repetitions. Mm. Um, and yeah. then that way there is no thinking person present because um, we're caught in the grip of an addiction. It might be for food, it might be for gambling, it might be Man. for sex, it might yeah. be for drug of choice or whatever. Um, and then, you, in effect, effectively, you're entrapped by by um, needs and desire. Mm. Um, that there's nothing, there's nobody challenging that within you. Um, you know, yeah. e- external mm. members have to actually do that challenging, or the police have to come in and say, you know, we're, we're locking you up because you know um, there's no regulation yeah, yeah. going on here. Now, look, if if you if you have given up on self-regulating, um, again, there is no sentience, there is no being, no human being present. What there is is a bunch of nerves mm. um, and instincts sort of operating, um, and the person's. Um, deeper parts of wanting to belong to the body politic to the human story um, you know has become absent and Mm. that's a tragic loss and there's so so much evidence of that that we um, have given up (coughs) on (coughs) developing the toolkit for a richer and deeper um, uh, life so I I place a great value on the idea of the self-reflective function and encourage people to say, well, what is that? I want to know more about it, using Blue's descriptions of curiosity to guide your journey. Um, and um, always when, I, when people come to me saying, I, I, don't, want, I don't know what to do, um, what we end up talking about is, um, well, what are you open to? Um, what could be a new beginning? What could be a step that you take? What burdens are you carrying that belong to the past? How can we understand the past so that the patterns that have derived from your past experiences, if they were negative and hurtful, and for many cases that is the truth of, of, of a, a situation, mm. let's unpack those patterns yeah, yeah. that have predisposed you to have no longer a powerful self-belief in yourself mm. or to be riddled with doubt and, um, and a contamination of shame. Mm. I'm working with a man at the moment who's a, a beautiful man um, and he's carried a shame body for the last 55 years of his life. 
Yeah. And with the work that we're doing, he's great. He's shedding that shame body, um, and he's coming to life again. Wow. All his faculties um, are, are opening up. His capacity to be in his marriage um, is uh, warming, um, and there's a return to a liveliness. Um, exactly right. what Robin was saying this morning uh, uh, as she greeted yeah, us. She, she, us, yeah, she was saying, Robin Coast Love. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, she. Amazing. Lady, yeah, yeah, and she was telling us, um, you know, men who are expressive um, are, are so needed, are so welcome, yeah. um, and it, it warms everybody up when men men are warm uh, rather than then, then, yeah, you know, contracted yeah. Or, or stuck in the sort of grip of an an, an addiction cycle or mm. whatever is going mm. on, or have kind of kind of life has dealt them so many kind of slaps in the face that that they become timid. Or un, you know, un, unable to step into connection with other men. Um, mm. You know, one of the and solutions. It's, it's common with men losing their identity all the time, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and, and 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 carrying that wound by themselves, no longer yeah. seeking connection with others, and that that is a tragedy. It and is. yeah, it doesn't it need to well come. Said, yeah, yeah, it doesn't need to come from the top either. You know, like in a lot of, you know, institutions and families and companies, and I know particularly in the ADF. You know, some of the best ideas and the best solutions you'll get if you want to um, be honest enough to ask is, you know, from the diggers and from the airmen and the sailors, you know. Like yep. they'll, yep. they'll have the answers that, you know, the chief of Navy might never see, yep. you know, in his lifetime despite mm. the fact that he might have, you know, sailed all over the world and been in the Navy for, you know, virtually since he was a teenager. Some young sailor will say, boss, why can't we? And you go, huh, why don't we? You know, you've got to be, yeah. you know, open to everything and not have that um, you know kind of you know sort of formalized structure the other thing I'd like to pick up on too because it's fresh in my mind um, from what Bodhi was saying about you know the stages that we go through and uh, you know endorphin and that sort of stuff and you know there's a couple of really good um, you know um, uh, Asian examples of that like like I say we had an excellent guide in Sri Lanka and we went to um, about half a dozen um, uh, Buddhist temples that show the Buddha in a number of different reclining and other positions and he was explaining that well here we, we see the Buddha by the placement of his feet and the placement of his hands um, he's sort of you know losing control of the body but the mind's still sharp and then you'll see another one where you know all the, you know the body's sort of parting and the you know the soul is leaving but um, you know and the mind is going with it and so the Asian mindset is they see and they understand all that and they, you know, kind of revere, revere their elders and they watch and expect them go through those um, different sort of phases of life, whereas in Australia and a lot of other Western countries they say, oh, you know, grandma's lost it, put her in a home. You know, we don't sort of allow people to undertake that journey. And, of course, the other classic example when you look at, um, you know, certainly in countries like Vietnam and many of the Buddhist countries, one of the... Uh, most revered symbols of all, which is a structured part of their life and re uh, religion, is the lotus flower. Oh, right. Because it grows, as they say, from mud and crap and, you yeah. know, the worst yeah. environment possible yeah. Yeah. underneath these filthy, stagnant lakes. Yeah. Up comes from that, growing out of that background is this mm. beautiful leaf and then this magnificent flower mm. that can be all shades of pink and white and... Um, white, yeah. and and, you know, the reason that they hold that as such a value is it doesn't matter where you start 
or what your grounding is or what the circumstances of your life are. Stick with it. Keep, you know, metaphorically coming up through the mud and the crap in this swamp and look at the, you know, the beautiful flower that... um, that yeah, uh, you can become yeah. and it's such a powerful yeah. symbol yeah, to think you know because you know a lot of people are stuck and they think well i'm here for life and i'm here forever and you think no 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 you're on this journey mm. that can lead you to a better place and sometimes people need a like a, a you know a physical um kind of uh, description that you can show them something and say look you know we're here now but if we stick with it we can get to this end point yeah you know and yeah. i think it's such such a powerful thing, you yeah, know. Yeah, there's a lot that can be said for the Buddhist ways, really. You know, it's um, yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. What I like is the the you know the flexibility and the lack of dogma about it. You know, like a lot of Christian religions, it's all you know fire and brimstone, and if you don't do this, you're gonna burn in hell, boy, and this is gonna be your eternal damnation. But you know, a lot of the Asian religions, they're not like that. They're all about life being a journey, and of course. You know, in the in the you know the Hindu world, they all believe that you're going to come back in a higher form because you've learnt from the last time, mm. you've taken your karma with you, mm. and next time you're going to be, yeah. you know, um, all the better. And even if one of the great passages in this book I'm reading, The Passion of Private White by Don Watson, um, uh, a couple of these uh, white fellows who've earned the trust and got what they call skin names, they've got like tribal names, so they're well and truly accepted in the tribe and given a you know, a skin name or a clan right. a right. clan name. And they go to this part of their country that they hadn't been to for about 40 years and they apologised in advance. And interestingly enough, the Aboriginals were worried about going there because they, they said, we've forgotten this country and the country's forgotten us. It's forgotten our smell. Will something bad befall us? And we're going, they're going to see this amazing rock art that they won't take anyone to unless they've been accepted in the tribe. And so it's well and truly off the tourist route and it's days walking to get there. And they got to this place, and they're such a spiritual people, and they didn't see any, you know, metaphysical changes in the landscape or in them, and they just, like, in our version, have said something to re-invoke the spirit of their ancestors. And um, this, um, you know, Neville White said he saw the largest stick insect he's ever seen in his life just all of a sudden appear on the branch, and the Aboriginal blokes amongst them says, there it is, you know, that's my great-grandpa, He's come yeah, back and he's yeah, given us a nod and a wink yeah. and he says, he's here and, um, and it's all good. Welcome back to country. Yeah. You know, we would never see that. We, no. we would look at that thing and say, shit, I hope it doesn't bite me. Yeah. You know, we see everything yeah. as a, as a threat. We don't look for those, um, we don't, well, look, we yeah, don't look for yeah, those right. sort of uh, I think it comes con- back to, continuation of life symbols. Yeah. I think it comes back to, to the original uh, opening point of curiosity to mm. me it's if you're stuck in your religion there's these other religions look I, i've got a mate of mine where's where's bending terrific bloke plumber lives up the coast going through a bit of a he's going through a divorce it's horrible where's we went to Mara maria catholic school right but he he was never religious it just that was what we did we just went to catholic schools where he i'm going traveling from sydney to to nabiak listen to the Bible mm. took, took about four months the amount of trips he did four months he's just finished the Quran right. he's read a couple of books on Buddhism that I've put him mm. onto mm. but isn't that, aren't they wonderful things that it's, and, yeah. I, and I thought well, there were other books that are probably far more fascinating yeah yeah but at 42 years of age this is what he wants to be doing and yeah, yeah, he's yeah. curious to hear about and that now 
you know, in the Buddhist teachings, there's somebody famously who's probably listening right now, where, where the Christian in the Bible it says there's an eye for an eye, whereas the Buddhist teachings would say if we went an eye for an eye, we'd make the whole world better. blind. That's right, that's right. So, but there are, you know, goods, good and yeah. evil in, in, in all of these teachings, yeah, yeah. I guess, in a sense. But it's being yeah. curious, isn't it? It's Very much so. And I think it's about being realistic as well. Like, you know, when you talk about, like, you know, like, you know, one true God, for example, that kind of shuts... You know, like, for years and years when I, when I was in the Army as a, a senior adventure trainer, I, I, I used to represent the Army at an outdoor group called ORCA, Outdoor Recreation Council of Australia. And I looked through, and a Canadian speaker came over one time, and his uh, keynote address was... I looked at it, oh, it's going to be bloody boring as batshit. It was... Um, his, his, his talk was on the genius of and and the tyranny of awe. In other words, don't ever look at life and say, right, oh, you can do that, or you can do that, you know. you can. And in the Christian sense, in some churches, um, it's a, you have to do this this way, or, you know, you're going to pay a life of eternal damnation. Um, and when you look at it, the Christian religion is really not that old. And, like, you know, if you wanted to, and you were a... Um, a devout Hindu or Buddhist, you could say to the Christian faith, get some time up. Yeah. You know, you could say that to an Islamist, you could say that to, you know, the Jews who follow the Talmud, you know, um, uh, and, you know, the, the, you know, the Jewish faith. They haven't really been around all that long, mm. but the yeah. Asian religions predate them by thousands and thousands yeah. of years, you know. So mm. who can say... And here we go to inverted commas. Mm. Who's right or wrong? But surely, I think there's a way that you can still be religious. You can still have faith. And I think this, the Australian Aboriginal is a classic example. Mm. They're probably no more spiritual people on earth. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, yeah. but very, very they don't have to go into a building for once an hour and throw money in a plate to be quote unquote religious. Mm. They invoke it into every facet of their life and their whole structure and their marriage system and their rituals it would be hard to imagine a more spiritual existence in the true sense of spirituality but they don't accord to a particular faith you know it's just inseparable from who they are and um Mm. and how they see themselves Mm. which is you know again it's a matter of you know don't go telling me that, you know, yeah. I follow the one true God and I've got that one path. <laughs> you know, it just, it just doesn't sit with me, you know. Because yeah. um, yeah. who can say who's really got, you know, who's really got the answers? Yeah. Just tell you what, just off topic, I watched, I watched something on Netflix the other day, Revelation. It's about the, the priests and uh, mainly talking about the, the sector up there in Newcastle and Sawtell and what they call their diocese um, mm. give that a watch it's um you know i've got a number of of friends that have uh, been impacted by um uh, sexual abuse uh, through the catholic church and it's um this this it shows it all the way up to to the vatican um it's a good good watch it's on netflix that yeah sort of changed the topic mm-hmm. you just realized yeah, a couple right. of things there. i only just finished it i think last night yeah it's very good mm. now i think uh, you know it's one of those many, many things in life that you have to remain a bit flexible on or you do get a bit caught up in this sort of, uh, you know, my way or the highway thing. Yeah. And I think yeah. one, of the, one of the best advocates for that was, I think, a, a much underrated comedian. He was light years ahead of his time, Dave Allen. 
I can't you know the Irish comedian. When you yeah, think yeah. about it, you know, in the sixties yeah, and seventies, <laughs> he was signing off his shows with, I think, the brilliantly clever, "Good night and may your God go with you." Yeah, mate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, it was Not it was so good. good. And there's this there's, there's this great line, you know, where a bloke, uh, you know, unfortunately passes on and he goes up to uh, uh, St Peter, goes yeah. at the pearly gates, and he arrives at a fairly quiet time. Mm. So that the old saint says, well, look, mate, I've got no That's much book, book work to do today, you know. I'm pulling lint out of my navel. There's not much going on. I just made a fresh brew. Do you want a bit of a tour, mate? And he says, well, yeah, I've just arrived, Pete. Yeah, let's go. Let's go have a tour. And he walks around through heaven and he says, well, who are those people? And he says, oh, you know, they're the, they're the Baptists. They're okay. They kind of keep to themselves, you know. They're, they're a bit different, but they're all right. You know, they use a lot of water. Yeah. You know, we have to, you know, we're always on to them about their water bill, but yeah, they're okay. And what about this mob over here? And he says, oh, you know, they're the, they're the Jews, the Israelites, you know, they make a lot of noise and they wear funny little caps, but they're okay, they all just blend in. He walks around through all these little groups and gets a little, gets a little, you know, kind of 10-second expose on each group and he sees this 15-foot brick wall with barbed wire at the top. And he said, what's going on with that? He said, that doesn't look like it fits in heaven. And he says, oh, yeah, that's the Catholics. They like to believe they're the only ones up here. <laughs> That's very yeah, funny. there's some blinkers. Yeah, all right. That's a, oh, I don't mind that. That's a good one. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll jump into this poem. Um, you know, on the, hey, on well, that yeah. Note so of this flower. is about the police. Uh, well, it's it's it's, no, it's yeah. about um, you know I want to um, uh, acknowledge country um, and um, the Kandagara people, uh, Darug and Wiradjuri uh, of this uh, area, yeah. um, and uh, a sort of. Um, it's play, the poem addresses, uh, you know, the, the big submarine deal that we're talking about at the moment. Um, and uh, this poem sort of kind of fell out. Um, and, and I gave it to Annette to read this morning. She said there was about five poems in there. Anyway, I'll give it a crack. Let's do this. What's it called? Who We Could Be. Baby Marzen. Our black fellas in Australia stacked in jails in numbers and unmatched in this sad world. The police once terrorised the Irish before turning their searchlights looking for blackfellas to taunt and club to provoke and belittle. Community policing an afterforth thought when the coroners have done their work. No future living on welfare. Subsistence kills off any dream. Every day a meaningless scrabble for something to do. Killing time is killing our blackfellas. Education is what the girls do. Too many boys roam without a purpose. Hollow laughter at their own misfortune covers a superating fear of an extinction. Deep in their bones they know of the ending at the bottom of the cliff face where even the ambulances cannot venture. In those bleak and mean places where fists, clubs and knives prey upon upon whoever stumbles into their midst. Blame the boys? Hell no. Blame our societal instinct to seek out the powerless, to scapegoat the poor, to render a proud culture voiceless. Many thousands of years of fruitful occupation derided for two centuries. There is no agency in humiliation and shame. To obliterate a boy's future is to invite a retaliation. To expect boys to find answers is no answer at all. Boys need guidance, mentors, older salty men eloquent in a story 
supportive to women, mothers who have stretched their understandings, boys hearing female voices that speak to a future of nature and nurture. Can you believe it? Scotty pissing himself at his raucous AUKUS deal with the UK, the original jailer of Australia's white beginnings, its lines, claws now blunted by Brexit and two world wars. <laughs> the US selling us for a staggering sum, a dozen submarines most of us will never see in our lifetime. The Labour government has succumbed, an eatable crush on the Statue of Liberty in a country divided on every measure. It's not the poor boys. It's the nightmare of the powerful intent on their war toys and their world view. No doubt protesters will face the wrath of a police force. However, let's spend the money on electrification, shut the door on fossil fuels, co-design a treaty with our first peoples, build communities, insist on sustainability and regenerative practices, create conflict resolution models, restore services for families, renew our vows for deep listening. Now, that would be grand. Yeah. Just a lot in that, yeah, isn't there? Lot to unpack. Well, well he stirred the hornet's nest there a few times. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You know, one, one line in the book that I'm reading at the moment, you know, The Passion of Private White, just... Um, uh, Neville White notices how bad that the um, the teeth are in the Aboriginal um, sort of settlement that he's at because he was trying to be deliberately non-interventionist. He was just there as an observer, not mm. not sort of in with them and trying to direct and control and do the, you know, mm-hmm. I'm the white man, I've got the answers, you will follow my way. Um, but in the end... Um, you know, their, their gums and their teeth and that were getting so bad that he had to intervene. So he got a dentist to come down and run a clinic and started trying to, you know, sort sort their teeth out and introduce some, you know, real um, oral hygiene because it's all sugar, you know. They didn't have sugar, you know, and sugar just wrecked them. And, um, and uh, you know, without dental treatment, you know, like I'm a, you know, a child of the late 40s, early 50s and, you know, every time I went to the dentist it was for another filling, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. my, my gob is like bloody Mount Isa, you know, because mm. brought up on an Aussie diet of sugar and, you know, uh, no fluoride in those years. But uh, anyway, so he gets this dental clinic to come down to this particular um, kind of settlement and it was an absolute treat. People were coming in for the missions and walking for days and days and days, particularly to get their children's teeth addressed. And... Uh, he addressed the Northern Territory Health Department and said, hey, this is working a treat. Let's, um, you know, can you give us some health and support and, you know, maybe even fund a couple of dentists, maybe make it twice a week? And he said, no, 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 we're going to shut you down. And they went, what, 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 what are you doing that for? And he says, well, if you get that in your settlement, get this, everybody grouping in the Territory is going to want it. Mm. So, you know, why not provide it for them? You know, a basic thing... Like, mm. you know, so you can just imagine, you know, if they wanted some mental help or, you know, some, you know, medical assistance or, you know, dental care. Yeah. Oh, you know, if we give it to you, you're all going to want it. For which, which leads it to the obvious question. Yeah. It's just, we'll set it up for everyone. Yeah. You know, just, I think there's a lot that's said, can be said about instalment of fear, you know, like, yeah. like listening to, to Bodie's poem and, and you know, mm. where the funds or, or mm. help or energy should be used elsewhere for yeah you know it's like it's, it's, I, 
read in the Gazette um, just over the last week, because unfortunately we, we missed the Blue Mountains Music Festival because we were just coming back from uh, Sri Lanka. But uh, um, an entertainer that Bodie and I both love that I'm sure he went to see, Eric Bibb. Yeah, Eric Bibb's a great, uh, great you know, songwriter, troubadour. And, uh, you know, he uh, send, puts a lot of messages into his songs. You know, yeah, he's, he's yeah. a great songwriter. And apparently, uh, as reported in the Gazette, one of the lines in his song, one of his songs was um, uh, quite topical. There's a lot of people making a lot of money out of keeping us scared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it is, it, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, the, if it was something the other day. I know we're sort of heading off topic a bit, but about, you know, Xi Jinping saying Putin... Uh, what what if China does invade Taiwan? What what's in it for them? Like think about it. I mean, I know it's in their their scripture that they will eventually do it. But from from everything I read, the lights go off after six months because China can't get coal, gas, fuel. Um, you know they've got one and a half billion people. They're just they're, they're thinking behind it. You know what I mean? Like. And if we're going to buy submarines and we haven't finished in thirty years, it's no good to us now. They'll they'll yeah. have it. They'll have it planned to have us. You seen, have you seen their mil- have you seen their navy? Mm-hmm. Like, they, and it was saying, oh no, the Allied forces. They're, they're, they're twice the army that the US is. They're twice the army. Yeah. So I mean, you, you've got to be careful not to take things at face value. Like, for example, they they they're paying the price now. They've hit that end bubble uh, for their um, um, one child policy. Yeah. And and for example, in in the Chinese army, the Chinese society still holds that their elderly need care. Yeah, they need right. help. Yeah. And if you're the only son, well, guess what? Yeah, you, you provide that. that care. And so, the Chinese defence force, the <laughs> Chinese army, has to facilitate the regular regular return of their soldiers to their home villages and farms to look after mum and dad, because otherwise, you know, like. Years ago, there would have been eight or nine or ten of them because, yeah. like a lot of societies, you know, in the Irish too, um, you know, you have multiple children, and there yeah, was yeah. your superannuation policy, there was your health care yeah, right. yeah, because right. the thinking is one of my kids is going to come good, yeah, yeah. one of them's going to keep me, one of them's going to stay I'd home. Look after my old man, or the my Italians, my, my brother, one of them's going to do it. When you, when you get into it. this uh, only child mindset, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's actually, it's actually affecting the. Yeah. Um, well, you know the, the, the economy, you know another example anyway. is like you know the Indonesians. You know they got this huge yeah. force on paper, but if you took the military, especially the army, out of Indonesia, you know like military control in Indonesia extends to who gets access and who controls yeah. the village well. Yeah. You know, so it means that you can't you can't extract those people, yeah. put them on a ship, and go and invade someone. You know, so China's not as strong. As it appears to be on paper, it's it's still a formidable force. Don't get me wrong, you know. And um, you know, I remember reading a book, you know, forty, fifty years ago, said that you know, the Chinese don't have to land a single soldier on Australian soil. All they'll do is they'll say, well, you know, if you don't, you know, take our view, we'll take out Alice Springs and we'll just keep heading east until you start seeing reason. And there's no answer to that. You know, we're not a nuclear power; we can't respond to that. We've got other. You know, big brothers and sisters who might might step in and oh, and it. help us, but uh, you know that the, makes the, them weak. Another yeah, areas. yeah. The, but you've done it again, boat. You've stirred yeah, it up. You've got the thought is. going with these bloody palms of yours. See, all, he does all, it all the time. All this is, it it makes you think, mm. and that's what I love about Bodie. A lot of his stuff it actually makes you think. It's not just words that are put out there, but you know you <laughs> think well, you know, 
for the you know like the Aboriginal question and the you know the militarisation um, you know question and you know you think what we could do with those with those submarines for you know health and school and dental care maybe in the Northern Territory you know um, for, for everything that you spend even you know like the three of us in this room there's something that's taken for everything that the, yeah. You know, it's an opportunity lost. cost foregone. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, right. you go and exactly. buy a meal at the family hotel up here. Um, yeah. And make no mistake, is they, you can't they, then buy that shirt you want to buy tomorrow. Out of the taxpayers' pocket. Yeah, 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 that's right. We don't have a savings account here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, know, you make yeah. a choice. Yeah, yeah you yeah, make yeah. a choice. Yeah. Hmm. No, good points. Good points. Good show, boys. Are you boys hmm. um, heading down to the courts after this, or you have? Sometimes uh, I don't have a game. You got a fight coming up a bit. No, I've got a. Uh, massage with uh, Alex. Uh, so once a month I get a Oh, yeah, and this a is a fella that you're telling me about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and he works, works he? my legs, my shoulders, yeah, you know, yeah, the back, yeah, yeah. Um, the glutes. Um, um, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. You just do what hey, a blue not... does and just take some bloody um, anabolic. Do you, do you, do you, <laughs> are you paying for these massages? <laughs> yeah. The results aren't <laughs> evident <laughs> on the badminton court. See the look on his face. Look at a cheeky bugger. <laughs> the results aren't evident... <laughs> On the Bandon court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the evidence, I, was, I was thinking, hey, he should be paying you, mate, because they're sending you backwards, clearly. <laughs> this is mate, what, what Blue's not going to say is that the, la- the last game we had, I won the game. Um, it was a tight contest. He's told everyone about it, you know. I, I, just can't, I just can't bear to see a grown man cry. So, you know, <laughs> for me in my life, what's, what's two points? <laughs> That's harsh. That's bloody hard. All right. Well, listen, um, uh, big thanks, of course. Uh, just before we go, I just want to mention, we, we did mention the lovely Robin Catchlove. And, and Robin, of course, is a presenter here at uh, RBM uh, 89.1 FM, of course. And Robin's uh, also the author of a terrific book called Somewhere Down a Crazy River. Um, you'd be able to look that up on eBay or in your local library. And it's a book by Robin Catchlove, uh, Somewhere Down a Crazy River. Uh, she's an extraordinary woman. Um, such a positive light of fresh air I find Robin she's always sending so many wonderful wonderful um, messages of appreciation and and support towards uh, the men's mental health show yeah. so uh, it'd be good if we could get behind well mm. look I, I love salty old women and yeah. salty old men yeah. you know um, as elders that enrich our yeah. um, our story and, and uh, remind us of where they've come from and they're yeah. reminding us of where we're heading yeah. Um, and you know that uh, Robin's words t- uh, the, before we started the show really um, is such a powerful invitation. If you got no feeling, if you or if your tears are no longer evident, um, yeah. and if your pleasure and joy um, never occurs in your life, um, you know that's all our loss. Yeah. So um, it is our, loss. our older yeah. women and old men. Um, you know, regather that uh, wisdom that's a product of your 80-odd years of experience yeah. Yeah. and dwell in that with love and Get gratitude. And, and experience some And craziness. become eloquent in yeah. telling your yeah. story. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. mate. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Rather than being, you know, just dead and won't lie down. Yeah, uh, 100%. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that's yeah. wonderful. You know, yeah, that's no, really, no, really no. well said, man. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Thanks, both. Bluey, thanks, mate. Um, Bloody good having My you on. You're on fire today. Some, what was it? Um, wasps. Some white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Been around for a while. Yeah. <laughs>
I hadn't heard that that's one. Good. I'm sorry, that's a new one for me. So Thank maybe you. I had. I don't know. I've got a memory like a sieve. Uh, it's a men's mental health show. Huge thanks to all manufacturing personnel who I didn't make mention of earlier. I beg your pardon. All manufacturing personnel, um, recruitment, and in the labour and uh, and recruitment agency in the manufacturing industry. Um, thanks. Give us a call. Look us up. Or give me a call on 0404-077-666. And I want to wish Craig Beachy, uh, director uh, from all manufacturing personnel, all the best. He's, uh, he's in seeing the uh, doc today and they're giving him, putting a shot of tuberculosis into the, into the bladder, which would be good. Apparently it works well for, for killing off cancer cells or something or other, oh. but I wish oh. him all the best, baby. It yeah. uh, uh, should work well. And um, apparently they've been doing it for some time and it's pretty mm. safe, so I hear Anyway, that's how vaccination started. You know, yeah. you give someone cowpox, so they'd eat smallpox. I, that's right. Yeah, and they found that you know, wow, um, maids uh. maids working in the you know the milking sheds were yeah. immune to smallpox, and they thought, why is that? Yeah. And they thought because they've all got had cowpox. Because they've all had cowpox. So uh, there you yeah, go. All that's right. why it works. So, um, it's the men's mental health show, and uh, it's a big thanks. Uh, we'll be back again next yep. week. And I hope um, you've enjoyed our brand of madness today for your well-being. Because <laughs> that's, that's what we're on about, is uh, a, a celebration of life with joy and gratitude and our ex- eccentric brand of madness um, that comes from living. Yeah, because um, I, I found that, you know, if you haven't grown up by the time you're 60, you don't need to. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Bluey. <laughs> I'm gonna, that's gonna that's gonna be my head mantra. <laughs> <laughs>